the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We have been in Galatians chapter 5 this week, looking at the person and work of the Holy Spirit and the consequences or results of spirit filling. Join us. Truth For Today is next. The work of the Holy Spirit really is an amazing subject to discuss and consider. And that's what we've been doing this week on Truth For Today. We have a final look at Galatians chapter 5 and the fruits of the Spirit before we move on in our series of John. Please join us as we expose once again the person and work of the Holy Spirit, the consequences or results of Spirit filling. Here's Pastor Emeritus Phil Howard with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. I grew up with a lot of burdens, people, and hallelujah, and glory, and we thank you this, and we thank you. Oh, okay, that, what, what are you thanking him for? Did you know when you say the word hallelujah, you still haven't praised God? The word hallelujah is a command. Praise Yahweh. Praise Yahweh. Well, well I just said hallelujah. Well, you just re-uttered the command. Tell me something about God to praise uh, 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 hallelujah, brother. Isn't he wonderful? You just told me to praise him. I told you to praise him. Hallelujah. Come in. Do it. What can you praise about him? Anybody know anything in this building that you'd praise God about? Five people. Raise your hand. What could you praise him about? Salvation. That's not bad. A king. Faithfulness. What was it? Blessing, cap, perfection, okay, not doing too bad. That's what you praise him about, his character, his works. And then you can go, what he's done for me in Jesus. We glory in Jesus. So all worship, we don't need a priest dressed up in a fancy outfit. We don't need animals. We don't need candles. Uh, I don't need lighting. I get sick of the idolatry that's in the church. The big word is ambiance. Create the mood. Get me in a worshipful mood. If you'll keep it dark, I'll feel like worshiping. No, I feel like depression. I'm a child of light. I'm not a child of darkness. Candles. What? That's for my birthday, honey. I don't need, I'm not going back to Rome. I don't need liturgy. I can take a plain building. I can take a Holy Ghost hall. I don't need ambiance. I need the spirit in me and truth. And I can worship. (laughs) 
Carol and I took Donna out the other night. We were just, she's been here 40 years. Came out of a, a broken marriage and a church in apostasy. And it was the nice building in town and uh, all that. Grew up in it all of her life, she said. And, and when she came uh, to Holy Ghost Hall, it's where we met in Pinal, Holy Ghost Association Hall. And how many of you remember that? Any of you remember? Yeah. Right there, you just met the, uh, these people were all on the ark with me. We were all on the ark together. And uh, way back. And, uh, and we were talking and said, uh, well, uh, Donna, what was it? Uh, we had rickety old chairs. Uh, she said, I smelled the booze as soon as I came in. And often on Saturday night, it, you, there'd be a lot of booze spilled on the floor. Sometimes skunks in the summertime would spray, and man, what an odor we'd have in there. You know what, incense. We had incense. Uh, and, uh, and we were talking, what was it? You came from this nice building, this nice denomination, this nice, why would you go to a rickety old dance hall that smells like a, a bar? Was it the ambiance? Or was it God? The presence of God changed her life, turned her inside out, changed hundreds of lives. You see, Jesus said, you were, let me tell you right now, some of you will leave this place without worshiping, and there's no one to blame but your human spirit. You must not have any truth you're rejoicing over. It's not the band. It's not the job of the choir to make you worship. No, no. That's not, it's not our job to make you worship. It's the job of God, the Spirit, to make you worship. Uh, and I worship God all week. I don't need to show up. But this ought to be the most exhilarating meeting all week. You know what bothers a lot of young people with uh, uh, adult music? It's not what we sing. It's how we sing it. Just the, all the enthusiasm has died because we're not into that. Because what we get is notional church. You just know. I just, I'm cerebral. Can you imagine on the wedding day, do you take her to be your lawful wedded wife? I do. Let's get on. No, you must kiss the bride. No, I'm not into emotion. I'm not into lips. What? You're going to write a thesis on brains? I hope she doesn't kiss your brain. It'd be hard for her to find it. What, what, what is it? What is all this dichotomy? I'm all brains and no emotion. No, you're not emotional because you haven't found anything in your brain to be emotional about. God didn't make us dichotomous. We're one whole being. Truth is to affect my spirit. And Jonathan Edwards wrote a great treatise. He who has no affections for God does not know God. He who has no emotions about God does not know God. God is not a mathematical equation. He is a divine person that will melt the stoniest heart when you come to know him. This is not science. This is relational. Now, he says in Ephesians, those that are under the control of the Spirit, it breaks out in what he calls uh, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. 
Now, it's interesting. Colossians says, he who is full of the message regarding Christ, full of the gospel, they will break out the same way. So I see them almost equivalent. Spirit filling, a part of its dynamic, it fills my heart with the message concerning Christ, the gospel. Are you still uh, reveling in the good news of what God revealed to you in Jesus? Or has, have you moved on to deeper things? There are no deeper things than Christ and all he's done for us in salvation. But listen to that Ephesians. Here he said, sing these songs, speak them. Uh, I think it's interesting. Here we're speaking and singing. Uh, let me give you a little uh, hint I looked up these words. I've often been bugged by psalm, hymn, spiritual song. What's the difference? And so I did a little study here. Uh, Colossians, what bothers me in Colossians uh, is that we're to speak one to another. Now, let me ask you in singing. Uh, do any of you sing during the song service? Let's see, besides the choir. Uh, is it is it to always be vertical to God? Not necessarily. I think that's the way I would have answered until I studied Colossians. Look at what Colossians says singing ought to do. And Psalms. He said it ought to be admonishing one another. If I admonish you, you know what I do? I warn you. I instruct you. Uh, it's based upon the word for mind. I address your mind to change something about you. That's what the word admonish means. Sometimes it's translated to warn you. But admonish means I'm singing a message of uh, pay attention, change, whatever. And then the word teaching, of course, conveying the truth. Now, he said we ought to be, when we sing... We ought to sing songs that admonish one another. And we ought to sing songs that teach one another. So there is a horizontal ministry in singing. Not just to God. Does it teach? Does it admonish? Or do we just sing a ditty? Because we, we like uh, the guitar riff. Or, uh, what does it say? It's got to have content. Church has got to be content. We're not just having jam sessions here. We're about content. Okay? Now, let's, if you sing a psalm, what does that mean? And most of you don't sing psalms too well because you don't play an instrument. Psalming meant to play a stringed instrument. That's what the word really meant. Not just the 150 psalms. It was to pluck a harp string, to twang it's used that way in Greek. Twang, strings. So it was songs with musical accompaniment. David was a harp player, right? He played for Saul. So psalming, you could sing a psalm to a pagan deity, and they'd call it a psalm. I'm playing a stringed instrument to it. And so it was something sung to God, usually with musical accompaniment, then we go to hymns. 
Hymns primarily uh, were songs that celebrated, celebrated or recited the attributes of one of the gods. Uh, the Greeks sang hymns. They sing them to their gods. The Philistines sang to Dagon. Uh, so the idea is, I'm praising my God for what he delivered me from battle. Delivered me from this or that. So it's a song of celebration. I think uh, getting across the Red Sea, Exodus 15. Great song. Pharaoh, the horse and his rider you've cast into the sea. You've made a way. Great celebration. Great celebration. That's what we ought to be singing. And then this little word, oddities or odies, uh, if I can say it right, O-D-E-S, odes, uh, was an idea of spiritual songs born of the Spirit, and it was basically experiential songs. And there's about 36 of them in the Psalms, from Psalms... Uh, 30, let's see, 30, Psalms 18 to 134. There's 36 different Psalms that record David's experiences. You deliver me from uh, Saul. You deliver me from this. And they are songs of praise, but very experiential. You'll get some people, we should never sing an experiential song. Why not? As long as you're giving praise to God. God, deliver me. Uh, God did this. Uh, God triumphed over this matter. And so you've got this combination prompted by the Spirit. And uh, have you ever heard of a new song? Have you ever read the Psalms where it said, uh, let us sing a new song to the Lord? Okay. Why is it some of you croak every time we sing a new song? Was all the sacred music written in the 1600s? Do you have to be from Northern Europe to write a hymn? Basically Germans. Great, great words. And as a whole, you, we can't beat the verbiage of what's said out there. Now, you take, we sang this morning, he whispers sweet peace. Now, is that a hymn or a spiritual song? It'd be a testimonial. It's he whispers sweet peace. And you're over here, you're getting ready to have your nervous breakdown. You're saying, well, he didn't whisper to me. So this is my testimony. I was despairing. I turned to the Lord, and I've written a song to celebrate it. God whispered sweet peace to me. See, a lot of experiential songs. Uh, it's amazing. The Pentecostals taught me the experiential songs. The Baptists taught me the hymns. They did. How Firm a Foundation, and, and all these wonderful songs. But over here was a lot of experiential stuff that, uh, you know, emotional. By the way, uh, should worship ever involve emotion? Um, let me tell you what emotionalism is. Emotionalism is a lot of response without truth. You just... At, you know, you're doing whatever. You can be like the prophets of Baal, jumping up and down on the altar. Just got to do something, do something. Uh, emotional, whatever that, however that comes out. Uh, no, when we talk about emotion, we're not talking about emotionalism, which is I'm just doing something, has nothing to do with the truth. 
Now we're saying that truth should beget holy emotions, affections, if you want to be Edwardian. And so that you cannot believe, uh, I think it was the great struggle I had coming out of Pentecostal circles with all their exuberance, all the enthusiasm, uh, wonderful singing, spontaneous singing as I remember it, all of that. And then guess what I did? I went to Baptist schools. And I was the most emotional guy in the school. Very subdued, or they kicked me out. Rich Rollins says, you were the only guy in theology class that had to sit in the back because you wept so much as you heard truth. So starving for truth. I had emotion. I had the uh, microwave oven of wonderful Pentecostal meetings. Loved it. Saved in it. And if I'd had my way, that's where I'd be pastoring. But truth kept getting me over here where that's not where necessarily I could fit. But here I had all this emotion. Then I'd go to schools because I had a hunger to know. I saw it in my dad. I saw it in my brother. I saw it in my sister. We always wanted to know. We didn't want to stay ignorant. We wanted to know the Bible. Is there anything wrong with wanting to know the Bible coming out of a red-hot meeting? Do you still have a hunger for the Word? Dallas Seminary didn't illuminate me. No seminary made me hungry to know. The Holy Spirit made me hungry to know. And the only guys teaching that around this place were Baptist. El Cerrito, Western Baptist College. I went to different Baptist schools. Well, as a whole, there was no emotion. I used to go up and hug my prof after a great lecture, and I'm wiping my eyes. Now, my prof was six foot five, an ex-Navy boxer, a debater, and weigh about 280 and did not believe in touch and thought an emotion was a work of the flesh. Well, I didn't know. I said, thank you, Laverne. I just loved it. And he's there. Are you done? He went, no, he's really nice. He let me. But there was no hugging back. That's a work of the flesh, remember. And so when I first came out, I always had to listen to black gospel music and southern gospel to remember what emotions were. Because I wanted truth, but I wanted to still be emotional about it. I was going to jump a pew, but I wasn't going to stare like I was just a Presbyterian. I'm not a Presbyterian. So this church came about. We're a hybrid. Some of you get nervous when we're emotional because you're all notional. You're frozen in it. That's spiritual. Whatever it is, that's you. And that's all right. You stay you. But can I be me? And you not get all offended. Say, well, man, there are fanatics down there. Fanatic, my foot. We're happy about the resurrection of Christ and that he's coming again. And we got truth. I'm not getting it all whipped up. Some of you just want to say, cut it straight, cut it straight, cut it straight. So what if we cut it straight? What is it doing for you? Are you a worker for God? Do you bust out in worship? Do you bust out even weeping? Do you bust out in thanksgiving? Or you just say, well, pretty good sermon today. No, 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 no. Frozen saints, backslidden, lukewarm, he told Laodicea, boil in spirit, 
you lost your zeal, and you need to repent. You read it in Revelation 3. And the word zeal there is to boil. I have to fight for it because I'm so emotional just by makeup that people think I'm spiritual. (laughs) Just being emotional doesn't make you spiritual. Why are you emoting? What moves you? Does Jesus, and he went over here, the word concerning Christ fill your heart. Three things, our worship, the foundation, my spirit, and truth. Two, the fullness of the spirit. When he's filling me, I'll break out some way, speaking or singing psalms, hymns, spiritual song. Some way my mouth starts becoming a conveyor of divine content, divine truth. When his word, the word concerning Christ fills me, same response. I bust out with my mouth because my heart's engaged, and I start speaking to you in what? Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. So is the word filling you about Christ? Is the spirit filling you? What is your mouth doing? What are you sharing? Can you keep it quiet? If you can keep it quiet, it's not a spring of living water springing up into eternal life. I will put in you a river that will spring up into eternal life. This spake he of the Holy Spirit, which had not yet been given, for the Son of Man had not yet been glorified. John seven thirty seven through 39. Let me tell you, saints, we need to pray for revival and revived worship, and that we're not just coming here, the state hour. There ought to be enthusiasm. Our young people shouldn't have to teach you adults to sing. You ought to sing with all your heart. And don't complain about new songs if the content's right. I got to learn them too. I don't want to become an old folks home. I'm not just going to live on Bill Gaither. There's other music. And I grew up on Gaither. There's a new age, new people. Coming to the body, never heard anybody ever heard I'll fly away. That's not what they need to know. They need truth. Truth. The truth of this word. This is what they know. So we keep our roots. We keep where we came from. But we keep trying to reach another generation. So are we worshiping? Does anyone accuse us of being a spirit-filled worshiping church? I wish... I, you know, if Deborah and I had our way, we would combine the two services so this building resonated. Because uh, this is not an easy building to sing in. You know what I loved as a Pentecostal? We had small buildings. We did. A lot of them were just storefront buildings or whatever. This is the biggest thing I've ever been able to hang out in. But you know what? I was worshiping God in storefront buildings and Holy Ghost Hall. I don't need the building. This is nice. But I wanted to echo people praising God. People moved by the Spirit of God. People changed. I, this is no museum for me, show-off place. No, 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 no. We just do it to accommodate people. But I tell you, if the word gets out that this place is alive when we worship, it's exhilarating, it's exciting, and you won't have to worry about staying awake. And some of you that just sat there, uh, please don't quench the spirit. You're going to get old and cranky and sour unless you ask for fresh touches from heaven. All of us. We need to be touched 
constantly afresh from heaven. And the church said, Amen. Amen. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, our time today spent in God's Word to encourage you to bring you truth for today. If you have questions or comments about our time together, we would invite you to write to us. You can either visit our website and drop us an email, write to us via U.S. mail, or give us a call. Another way to reach out to us with your questions would be to simply record them on your voice memo app on your smartphone, and then email that audio to tftquestions at valleybible.org. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Our website, truthfortodayradio.org. And if you're writing to us, the address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. If you have questions about the ministry of Truth For Today and how we are funded to air on this radio station, we would love to talk with you. We are listener-supported, quite simply, and no gift is too small, no gift is too large. Whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift, it all goes back into the radio ministry, ensuring that it airs on this radio station. So would you consider that as you reach out to us here at Truth For Today? One other note as we close out our time today, while Pastor Phil is the pastor emeritus at Valley Bible Church in Hercules, we are still very much a part of this body. And if you are looking for a church, we would invite you to join us. Now, we know that this current crisis has us all sequestered away. So you can join us at valleybible.org, where we stream our services. Again, valleybible.org. And then, as we find ourselves released from this quarantine, we will be meeting together here in Hercules. And for information, directions, and details, again, visit valleybible.org. And then we invite you to come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. 